1: What's going on Broncos Country? It's Tuesday, October 1st, and you're listening to the Orange Weekly post-game podcast. I'm your host Tanner Lee along with my co-host Jeff Ryan. Jeff, this is an episode, I'm not going to lie, uh we've recorded a decent amount of post-game podcasts over the last year or so and this might be my uh the one I've been uh, least looking forward to recording.
0: Yeah, Tanner, good to join you again. It's unfortunate that um We have to be down in the dumps here in Broncos country, but such is life, and um, we'll make sure we do things justice by talking about the things we need to talk about tonight.
1: Yes, I couldn't have set up better myself, my friend, and with that, here's a little intro music from the Mad Fanatic. Always, man. Jeff, I, I don't even know really where to begin. Um, I guess the first thing is, you know, I'm a st- statistician. I'm a stats buff. I'm a, you know, Broncos historian. I like going back in time. But unfortunately, I hate talking about previous times that are bad. But this is the Broncos' first 0-4 start since 1999. And I don't believe the franchise has ever had a season where they've started 0-5.
0: Yeah, I don't believe they have either. I know I believe our worst start um, was like two eleven and one, or maybe that was no. I I apologize. That was a year we started zero three early in the seventies or sixties. I can't remember what year. Uh, sorry for my lack of knowledge on that. However, we um, that was the record we finished with that year. Uh, I was two eleven and one. So, yeah, bad times in Broncos country. And it seems like we keep talking about um, all these bad records uh that we're starting to see for the first time in a long time. Um going back now to the end of last year, uh as the last two seasons were the first time we had uh had losing records, you know, back to back years the list goes on and on of these negative stats that are unfortunate that we have to talk about, but here we are.
1: Yep. Here we are indeed. Um it, what what was your take overall in the game? I mean uh it's kind of another roller coaster of emotions game, uh, kind of similar to week two against the Bears.
0: Yeah, big picture, I think this one hurts more than most. And I think why you mentioned that you were at least looking forward to talking about this game um, in a long time, just because it just didn't look like we showed fight um, in the second half, especially defensively. And for a team that has to win on their defense with. Um, average offensive play, that is the last thing that can happen. And so, um, of course, we'll get into more of the football things and, of course, the injury news. But, but just seeing the lack of fight, I think, is what's most disappointing and, and disheartening when you're up 17-3 and, and Flacco throws a boneheaded pick. Um, but to at, really, after that, to show zero, uh, zero heart in wanting to win that football game is what I'm most frustrated with.
1: Yeah, this team is... It's like they just can't really make mistakes if they uh mm-hmm. if they make mistakes they're just in trouble they're not they're not good enough to capitalize um and make up for their mistakes most of the time. It seems like and yeah, I'm with you it's it's I think there's definitely a lack of leadership again um and i I don't know who to pin that on um there could be multiple individuals,
0: yeah, and the reason that we're you know we can't uh afford to make mistakes is because we're not forcing the other team to make mistakes. So any mistake we make at all um, can't be overcome a because we're a bad football team. Like you said, offensively, we can't, we don't have enough power to keep ourselves in the game after a turnover, but more importantly, four games in, and we still have yet to force a turnover. It's, it's really unbelievable. It is. And
1: you know, that's a Vic Fangio defensive staple, is making yeah. your uh, opponent turn over the ball and, and getting to the quarterback, which we did see a few sacks, uh, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, and um Reed. Um Reed had a is that 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 he had a sack, didn't he, Reed?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Malik Reed. Did, yeah, Malik yes.
1: Reed had a sack. Um and we'll get to Talking about Bradley Chubb here in a bit. So that was nice to see those guys get in there, get some pressure. I thought I thought the defense actually got a lot of pressure on Gardner uh, Minshew, the second, uh, most of the day. He ended up with a stat line of 19 completions on 33 attempts for 213 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But unfortunately, he made uh, big plays when they needed the most uh, late in the fourth quarter
0: yeah and that was a difference you, you see a guy I mean on paper are you going to tell me that Gardner Minshew is a better thrower of football or that much more uh football savvy than Joe Flacco I, I if someone said that I would say I disagree I think what he possesses that Joe Flacco doesn't is the ability to create plays which we've talked about multiple times again that we have not had a quarterback that can create any play at all for himself um for a long time now um I wouldn't even you know, Peyton created plays with his mind more than anything, not with his feet. But, uh, we haven't had an athletic quarterback that can create plays, uh, physically. And that's just frustrating to see. And you see, you see Flacco, um, not able to handle pressure at all. And you see Gardner Minshew on multiple occasions getting out of missed sacks and missed tackles that were really incredible football plays. And that's what won him the game.
1: Yeah. I will give Joe Flacco some props that, um, both in week two against the Bears and this past week against the Jaguars, he's come up with huge game-leading touchdown drives late in the fourth when the Broncos have really needed it. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, then the defense just can't close the door.
0: Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's I don't know, most of the game, you know, statistically, the defense has played well enough to win us games. It just feels like ever, even since week one against Oakland, there's been a general – view from my eyes that we're just still getting beat at the line and that's creating too many big plays in early downs and and why they rush for you know 200 plus yards against us is beyond me but that's the only explanation I have is just an inability to win up front I don't know
1: I haven't seen a Broncos defense get gashed like that on the ground since going back to 2010 I mean Leonard Fournette had 29 carries for 225 yards, Armstead had 8 carries for 42 yards, and Minshew had 1 carry for 2 yards. 225 yards given up to Fournette, and what's really discouraging is his average yards per carry was 7.8 yards. That's just, that's just inexcusable.
0: Yeah, you can't win.
1: No, you can't. And, you know, even Derek Wolfe was kind of befuddled after the game, commenting on that, he goes, nobody's ever ran on us like that since I've been here, and... Um, this team's kind of reminded me of that 2010 team. I hate to say it, that went 4-12. and Yeah,
0: they really are. And what's crazy, though, is I, I'm coming to the realization that maybe I just don't see the talent equating to what's on paper, but it feels like still there's a heck of a lot more talent on this team than in 2010, and yet I agree. It feels eerily similar.
1: Yeah, it's... No, I I think the Broncos are still way too talented to be 0-4, and they're a better team than the record shows, but, and we can get into this in a little bit, you look at their upcoming schedule, it's got to get nothing but tougher. I mean, the Jacksonville's the average at best football team.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this. The third quarter
1: was just historically bad. I mean, you know, this is my 10th season of liking the Denver Broncos, and, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen, oh, I'm sure I have, but off the top of my head, a worst third quarter of, the, of a Broncos team.
0: Yeah, again, to have a 7, even 17-6, to six, I know that the whole momentum shifted and they mm-hmm. got the ball in the second half, but to still have an 11-point lead and just get gashed the way they did with a 10-minute, almost 10-minute drive, I believe, to start uh, the quarter, and then I think a 3-and-out if I'm – not mistaken, um, and then another long drive for the go-ahead touchdown is just absurd. I mean, you just can't do that.
1: Nope. I mean, it's yeah. They let the momentum just go away, and just so frustrating. I mean, I'm looking at the offensive stats here. Joe Flacco was 22 for 38 for 303, three touchdowns, one interception. So he definitely played well enough for the Broncos to win that game, even though his interception did flip the momentum. Rushing wise, the Broncos. Didn't really get it going. Nine carries for Philip Lindsay for fifty-three yards. Six carries for Royce Freeman for only sixteen yards. The Broncos have to get more out of their ground game out of those two guys.
0: Yeah, they have to. I mean, going into the year, we you know we knew that this would have to be a run-heavy offense with a quarterback that couldn't afford to make mistakes. Which, to his credit, I agree with you. He's made he's had some nice fourth-quarter comebacks against the Bears and the Jags, um, and at times has thrown the ball well. It's just he doesn't do enough of the spectacular things to win you a game. And so when your defense isn't playing well, when you're getting untimely penalties, um, when the breaks aren't going your way, the combination of all of those things equates to 0 and 4.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. and uh,
1: We did have some receivers step up and have good games. Emmanuel Sanders, five catches for 104 yards. Kirtland Sutton, six catches for 62 yards, two touchdowns. Deshaun Hamilton, three catches for 57 yards. Royce Freeman had four catches for 34 yards. They liked using him out of the backfield for a little slant routes a bunch, it seemed like. Noah Fant, two catches for 31 yards and his first career touchdown. And then, uh, let's see here. Phil Lindsay had one catch for seven yards, and uh, Deontay Spencer had one catch for eight yards. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, and uh, before I go into any other stat analysis, I just – I gotta get this off my chest with my frustrations with the NFL.
1: That's 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 what that's (laughs) what we're here for.
0: I, uh, you know, we are not zero four because of officiating. There's no way we are, and I'm not saying we are. However, there were two very crucial plays that you can't deny changed the course of both the Bears' game and the Jaguars' game, and you don't want to let it, you know, come to those plays changing the game. Um and still after these calls I'm about to get into that everyone every Broncos fan knows about, we still had opportunities to shut the, the opposing offense down under two minutes and we didn't do that. So I still, you know, am well aware that we are on four for not being able to close for our own reasons. However, on huge, huge third down against the Bears, third and long, and a second and long that would have created, I believe, third and eight or third and nine against the Jaguars, two incredibly soft makeup roughing the passer calls have now been called against Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller that in my opinion probably if those are not called I I'm willing to say the likelihood of us being two and two is high probably greater than 90 percent and it's it's not just that the Broncos are getting called for these things this has been a league-wide issue now for a few years ever since Aaron Rodgers got hurt and I'm just so frustrated watching football knowing that an entire physical game, which is the point of the game, can be decided based off of that kind of ball crap call. And you can't put – I said from the beginning, you can't put yourselves in that position to where you blame it on that. But the fact that we're even having to talk about that is just frustrating. That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, yeah, I thought both calls were soft and make-up calls. I do, however, I thought the Von Miller call by the rule – unfortunately, it was the right call since he hit him in the head. But that's just a soft rule. I thought it rule. was under
0: his chin, if anything. and then even I don't even think it. he hit his head, did he? Well,
1: I think that categorizes as your head now. Um, oh, I could cheaters. be wrong. I don't know. Um, it's one of those yeah. soft rules that was added a few years ago. The Bradley Chubb Chub one from week two, I'm still just baffled because Trubisky literally had the ball in his hand. Um, and that's one thing that I, irks me about the NFL way more than the college game. And, and sure, the college game softer than it used to be, but – they let him hit the quarterbacks a lot harder in college than they do in the mm-hmm. NFL. I saw a quarterback get his clavicle broken the other day, and if that would have happened in the NFL, they would have called him for roughing the passer for putting all his weight on
0: him. Mm-hmm. And they don't call yeah. that in college. No, it's it's BS, and I'm just tired of it. It's it makes it not as fun, you know. I I remember the bit the be, the most exciting parts of a game were watching uh, when I was little watching John Lynch come across the field and deck somebody, watching yeah. our defensive That's... end Trevor Price. Roll around the corner and lay Trent Green flat into the ground. I mean, those things are football, and we're losing all of that, and it's just it's just frustrating. We're not 0 four because of it, but we could be very well could be two and two with those calls. It's just it, it's a fact that I feel like we have to. Yeah,
1: talk it about. is frustrating because uh, you know we're not going to see those classic Steve Atwater hits, John Lynch no. hits that we used to. It's no. just just not how football's going for many reasons, and. And really, officials all across the sports grid, you know, are just getting bad. I mean, you know, a lot of yeah. MLB fans are wanting robot umps because the home plate <laughs> umpires are so darn inconsistent anymore. Uh, yeah. There's just a lot of you can kind of say that in a lot of different sports. But no, no, the it is. For, I don't know. It's it's. We could do a whole hour podcast. I think on NFL officiating in our in oh, our we, gripes we, about it.
0: We could and and there's, you know, there's a lot of issues that go into it, but I think the biggest problem is access to technology with the fact that we can see all these things in slow motion and quick replays, you know, in baseball and football. Um, That's the reason people are so hyper aware of all the little tiny errors that were not picked up before. And now with the movement to, you know, make the game safer, it's just, it's not becoming the game that I grew up loving. I'll say that. Um, I think they are trying to make it more into a just completely offensive game and I quite frankly that's just not my style of football that I love watching but whatever
1: well and the more offensive style it goes the worse it's going to hurt the Broncos for the foreseeable future because yeah you know it's it's amazing how many people who friends family members and they, they don't mean it mean when they say it to me they're just like man the Broncos are boring to watch. So when they're and on we offense, are. and I'm like, you and I talk about it all the time. I'm like, you're not lying. They are. Yeah. This Shanahan ball, and you're seeing it with the Vikings right now, who should have one of the best offenses in the league in their second to worst in passing mm-hmm. okay, with Kubiak offense. That offense, the league has passed that offense over, Jeff, and, it
0: has. and and
1: and the Broncos keep going back to it.
0: Yeah, and that I I think the league passed over that offense when we fired Shanahan. Um, in 2008, and yet it's now 2019, and we're going back to the same garbage. So I don't know. There's there's many reasons we're going for, uh, but boring, bad coaching decisions, bad penalties, bad breaks, bad front office, bad ownership situation. <laughs> the whole nine yards. I mean, there's not a single there's not a single cohesive thing with the Broncos right now that's great to talk about. It's just the facts.
1: Well, let's, let's get into that a little bit. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit. What, what needs to change and what's going to have to happen to make those changes happen?
0: It has to start at the top. If you look at all great sports organizations, there's one thing that is consistent among every single one of those. And that is good ownership. And you see it, you saw it with Pat Bullen for, thirty plus years, correct. I, I can't
1: imagine what he would be thinking right now.
0: Oh, I you know, actually I, feel like I can't be because he
1: would have heads rolling. He would be firing yes. people.
0: Yes. Including his own children. <laughs> yeah, sure. I it I, it's very frustrating. I don't know. You don't just you know, you can't just nowadays just pick an owner out of thin air based off of who's the best owner football team. It's all based off of money and and um and who knows? And right now it's it's based off of bowling children who I don't think a single one of them know a darn thing about what it takes to run a football team just because they're kids, you know, they're, they're offspring of their father. I, I, I don't know. I, that to me, that's the most important thing. Um, And the next, the next thing you have to ask that I'd like to get your thoughts on are what to do with John Elway.
1: Well, you know, I'm a big L.A. fan. My dog is named L.A. I mean, he, <laughs>
0: of course. But,
1: you know, Jeff, I've been a backer of the guy the whole way through, but I'm starting to think sure. he is a big reason why this team's the way they are right now. Yes. Um, And his bad drafts are really starting to catch up to the Broncos, and his cheap, injury ridden free agents are starting to catch yep. up to the Broncos. And, you know, you look back, yes, he has got us a Super Bowl forty-eight, and then got us a Super Bowl 50 title. But that was also with number 18 under center, who John Elway, along with John Fox, were big proponents of why Peyton came to Denver. Mm-hmm. So besides doing that, John hasn't done a bunch, particularly in the last three years.
0: No, I completely agree with you. I think he did one great thing, which was to – Acknowledge the fact that Tim Tebow was not going to be a valuable starting quarterback in the league. And number two was to get, uh, was to get Peyton Manning. And then after that, all of his acquisitions, uh, really came through the, you know, luxury of having Peyton Manning exactly. as your quarterback. Yes. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, I want his reputation to not be tainted, you know, based off of these years, but you have to look at it and say, this is, this may not be your calling. Uh, You know, you were one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. But from a football management perspective, I it's a it's got to be an incredibly difficult job. And then he's proving it. So I agree. I think, you know, he the constant turnover with no change in appearance to our team says that he has failed to make the necessary adjustments to make this team better over the course of four years since the Super Bowl. And that's it's frustrating.
1: Well, it's a risky when you hire legends. Look at the avalanche with Patrick Wall. That ended ugly. Yep. I thought it was yep. going to end ugly with Joe Sakic, but Joe Sackick's definitely turned it around for the avalanche. Yep. Um, I'm getting off topic here, so I'm going circle, to circle back. But, uh, I mean, can you ever imagine Joe Ellis firing John Elway, or is it, if it comes to terms, that John's going to have to resign?
0: I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say. I definitely don't think he'll get fired. I think he'll. I think John will resign if he doesn't feel like he can bring this team um, back to a winning organization. Which, then, who knows? Again, you know, more flux, more change. But um, change is a good thing. And uh, I I don't know what the right answers are. Who the right people are. Um, the problem is, is you know he's he's fine. You know he's got you know Drew Locke in the in the waiting's. I I don't. I don't know what he's going to be, but does he just decide to quit and and hope, you know, that Drew Locke is a bust? Because I, I feel like if he really believes in Drew Locke, why wouldn't he stick around?
1: Yeah, and knowing John Elway, he loves quarterbacks. He loves yeah. Justin Herbert at Oregon. If yeah. the Broncos had a, a top-five pick, it wouldn't shock me to see him pull the trigger, even though he's got Drew Locke already on the team.
0: Um, well, if, I would hope any general manager, president football operation, or whatever you want to call him, would go after a quarterback if they think he is better than what we currently sure. have. No. I would hope mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, um,
1: will we see Drew Locke this year eventually, in your opinion?
0: Oh, man. I Well, I
1: let's, think... let's let's look at the Broncos' next five games.
0: Yeah, all right.
1: So we're at L.A. this weekend in that cracker jack box of a stadium where the Chargers play. <laughs> we we did win there last year. We've had good success at San Diego slash L.A. in the past. Yeah, um, It's got to be tough, but that's who we play this week. Then we return home to Tennessee. Tennessee's an up-and-down team. Never know what version of the Titans you're going to get. Then we host uh, Kansas City, uh, either the best or second-best team in the AFC, at home on a Thursday night. Then we go to Indianapolis. Uh, they're 2-2. Two and two. You don't know. They're up and down. And then we return home to a Cleveland team that uh, looked bad week one, but ever since then they've looked pretty good. Uh, and then a bye week. Um, say the Broncos win zero or one of those games, and then Drew Locke's eligible to come back after the bye week. I think he's actually eligible to come back maybe Cleveland. I'm not sure. Do you put him in after the bye week?
0: I mean, I'd want to see him. I know the fans are going to want to see him. The problem is, is do you really throw a rookie quarterback in who's coming off of uh, an injury to his throwing hand um, into a situation with a zero or one win football team? That's what it's going to come down to. I, I don't wish that upon any quarterback in the league, but honestly, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there isn't a best situation to put him in, but. That's a tough call. I, I would, if I was making the decisions, I'd probably put him in.
1: I would, too, because Joe Flacco, they can get out of that contract without owing him any money after this year. So, yeah. So you you got to, you know, and once you do pull the trigger on Locke, if, if they so do that in the future, then that's bye-bye Flacco. You can't go back. Um, no. And you, and you see what Locke has and then last, you know so many games, six games, whatever maybe, seven games and then see if he's the guy you want to roll with in the future and if not, if you have a high pick, you go get Tua or Justin Herbert or Jake Fromm or whoever they're evaluating as to be a top quarterback.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm already going to say it right now. I don't know what the rest of uh Uh, Orange Weekly thinks, but get me off the Tua bandwagon right now. I don't want any part of that.
1: (laughs) I I don't know. I haven't talked to any of the guys what they want. That's Um, just my
0: perspective. I mean, there's things about
1: Tua's game I really like and other things concern me, but that's the way with every college quarterback. um, And honestly, I think if the Dolphins have the first pick, they'll probably get them. um, But we'll see. The yeah, I don't even want to talk about the fight for the first pick because there's four or five well, teams right now that are in it, including the Broncos. <laughs> I was
0: just, just going to say you know, we are well qualified. I know, and, and with
1: it. with the schedule, man, this could be a historically bad year, and and yeah. I think the Bron- Broncos country, and, and I think they are realizing it, especially with the injury news, to Bradley Chubb yesterday. This is a rebuild year now. It's no, yeah. you know, no, The Bron- maybe not even year. The Broncos have to. I don't, Broncos country you know we're some of the most loyal fans it's not time to jump ship by any means never jump ship always stay no. on the ship but this rebuild probably should happen after Super Bowl 50 a couple of years ago and yeah. we've delayed it too long and now you know, I, I think the season's over. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to stay positive, but I think it's over. Broncos are 0-4. Oh, I completely agree. And the only 0-4 <laughs> team to ever make the playoffs was like the 1980-something Chargers. It's not happening. Have, not with no. the schedule, I mean. Um, and so I think the season's over. I really do. I'm still going to watch them every Sunday and ruin as hard as I can. I just think the season's over. So I, I, I think the Broncos have dug themselves in such a deep hole. I don't even know if they can be very good next year in 2020. It might no. be 2021 that we could see no. this come to fruition.
0: Yeah, if no, I, I
1: if ownership and upper management finally say we are going to rebuild, because unfortunately sometimes you just have to, you have to you know bite the bullet and, and rebuild.
0: Yeah, no, you have to be willing to go through that, and again, in in our time being Broncos fans, uh, that's never. That's never happened. That's never been the mantra. But unfortunately, it's time. Uh, the ownership being in flux says it all to me. That it's time to just just swallow our pride and we have to strip this thing down. Where our depth is embarrassing. I mean, the talent that we have, it doesn't matter. We're zero four. So if you're not going to win, I, this is this is an argument that people always make in baseball. You know, because I, I personally hate when teams get rid of good players for unknowns. But if you have no prospect of winning anytime soon in the near future, you know, two or three years, with the talent that you have, you have to make adjustments. And the Broncos have to get to that point where we say, you know what, Emmanuel Sanders is getting older. He's a great commodity for this team. Maybe it's time to cut ship. Uh, you know, people are going to bring up Von Miller. Now, I personally would hate that because I would love to see Vaughn finish his career as a Bronco. I I hate the the new the new way of team. You know of free agency taking all stars away from teams that used to stay there forever i think he's the one guy i personally wouldn't want to mess with um because i do think he still adds value i don't think he's past his prime but of course you know it has to be a consideration i'm sure in some people's minds so i'll I'll keep that open and want to hear your thoughts but but other guys too you know um joe flacco is not a trade commodity so, getting rid of him won't be a problem.
1: No, um, no I was definitely I was going to bring up Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr. as the two. Yeah, Chris um, Harris. Sorry, thank you. That especially was Chris one, Harris of because you know, there's reports in the media now. It came out yesterday that it was overblown and he didn't really say it how it was said. It was just frustrations after the game. But he supposedly made a comment that only 13 more weeks of this. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I would be surprised if he's back in the Ranger Blue next year. I'd be surprised if Manuel Sanders back in the Ranger Blue next year. I don't know if those guys are going to want to come back.
0: No, I would. I would I'd be surprised too. So, yeah, you know, the other problem is, what do you get for him? You're it, probably not going to get. Much. You're going to get
1: some picks, but that's it. I mean, that's all you ever get in the NFL, anyways, picks. But they're probably not But it's still, high. it's still better to probably get picks than get nothing. To let yeah. him walk free no, just right. and get absolutely nothing. Derek Wolf's you're another right. one who I would I really want to see him back. I I want to see him finish a career at the Broncos because I think he's actually, yeah. actually having a pretty good year. And that guy's the toughest son of a bitch in the NFL. I mean he yeah. sprains his ankle the size of a basketball week three <laughs> and comes back doesn't miss. Gets yeah. caught off the field and doesn't miss a week. I mean yeah, he is incredible. just. I wish we had more players like Derek Wolf. more tough yeah. players. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, I mean, it's it's so frustrating when you look at the free agent acquisitions and our top three paid free agents aren't playing right now. Well, this was Kareem Jackson's first game he missed with an injury, but Juwan James has played a quarter or like half a quarter this year, and Bryce Callahan hasn't played at all. And we might not see Bryce Callahan all year.
0: Yeah, well, probably not the way it's going. Um, it is frustrating. I mean, poor free agent acquisition, like you said early on in this podcast, has been a problem uh, the last few years, so. But going back to Vaughn right
1: Miller, I don't want to see Vaughn traded. I mean, you'd have to blow no. me away with an offer. I mean, he is yeah. getting a little more mileage on him. He's thirty now, but he can sure. still have four or five more pretty solid, productive years. Yeah, um, I, I want to see him see him in uh, in his career in Orange and Blue.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's not going to be a quick fix. I mean, I you know, in the Josh McDaniels era when we did go four and twelve, I had these similar thoughts. However we hadn't seen three or four years of this kind of football. And so the fact that we are now seeing that tells me this isn't going to be a quick fix. And, um, you know, the, the only way this becomes a somewhat quick fix in my mind is finding a quarterback. You know, I'm not asking for Patrick Mahomes. Would I love Patrick Mahomes to have a quarterback? Of course, everybody would, but those are hard to find. I don't think the Chiefs knew, that they were getting into, no, the, you know, no, what they've no, got no, nobody no. did. Um, if the
1: Bears knew that, they would have taken him two overall instead of Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if Drew Locke can be a top 10 quarterback, then that's, you know, great. Then you can easily build around a franchise quarterback, you know, look what the Patriots have done. It's, you know, th- these are no-brainer comments, but that's that's the only way I see this being a quick fix and in addition to that, perhaps fixing fixing the ownership problems in the front office, which do you think Peyton has any interest in coming back?
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I read something last week by Pro Football Focus that Archie said Peyton wants to eventually get in a front office or ownership role.
0: Well, and, you know, he still lives in Denver. He He covers a lot of games. Yep, he goes to a lot of games. No, why, he why, keeps himself why, present in the community. Why,
1: why would he do that? I mean, I, I think he really has a love for the organization and really appreciates what they did for him in his last four years of his career.
0: I completely oh, agree. God, so. I'd love
1: to stick it to the Colts again. <laughs> I know.
0: I know, especially because I'm I'm kind of tired of you and screw know, it. Let's talk
1: luck into coming out of retirement next year. Let's let's oh, just go, yeah. let's go for it right there. We just got our master plan. Let's, let's type back. it up. Let's send it to John right now. Let's get a fax machine that works, not one that Elvis yeah. Dumerville's agent used.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Why aren't we getting paid the big bucks?
1: Yeah, I, well, uh, you're you're off in med school, and I'm doing marketing stuff for a living. I think we missed our yeah, calling. Yeah, uh, I think
0: there's probably a reason we're not. But
1: I I I do I struggle enough on Madden running my own team they don't want me to run <laughs> in the Broncos but yeah. uh, one more thing I want to ask you before we um, get into picking some games and kind of yeah kind of go in that direction thoughts so far on Vic Fangio through four games and where do you think see things going forward with him
0: really hard to analyze um, the biggest disappointment that we've talked about is the lack of a big Fangio-style defense of forcing turnovers and creating a lot of chaos on the defensive side of the football. That, that's my biggest complaint with him, but again, the coaching turnover has to stop at some point. I don't know where you make that stop. Um, I'm willing to, because of his experience, say you let him get a minimum of three years um, to, to turn this around once you establish maybe a younger quarterback. Um, I don't know what Scangarello you know what what the offensive woes are related to him I actually thought the play calling has been okay I think it's actually improving
1: I really do yes
0: yes I do too um so no I don't think you need to be worried about making any moves especially not mid-season um you know I I literally think it would take like an 0-16 year with or 1-15 with no heart no changes in what the coaching staff is doing for this coaching staff to even be considered for termination. Well, I, I th- just don't see it.
1: That was my question to you. If the Broncos go four and 12 or three and 13, do we see a move? Cause we have seen a lot of NFL uh, teams do that after just a year here recently.
0: I don't think so. That would be my prediction. I don't, I don't think so. I wouldn't want it, but who knows. What, I wouldn't want think? it either.
1: I want him to at least get another year, if not two years. I, I'm with you. I mean, I think this is a rebuild, and I think we're looking at 2021. Um, yeah. And I like the things he's instilling culture-wise. I mean, I love for it how he went for two points uh, for the two-point conversion mm-hmm. against the Bears. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: He's but. working with a quarterback who was not wanted by another team. He's working with a defense that has a lot of depth issues behind their starters. He's now working with a defense who's without their second best player for the rest of the year. Um, he's working with an offensive line that doesn't have their starting right tackle, who I'm not sure is that good to begin with. He's
1: um, paid like he's he is. Working,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's working with a young uh, receiver core other, outside of Emmanuel. There's a lot of things that, you know, you can't really necessarily blame on him. You can't even blame it on Flacco. You can't blame it on necessarily one person. No, it's, it's no, really it's just organization-wide a, mm-hmm. problem.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just a it's so. when it rains it pours, and that was yeah, how they're... I felt yesterday with the news of Bradley Chubb. Uh, I yes. didn't even realize yep. he got hurt. I don't. I don't think anybody <laughs> really either. realized he hurt. He didn't even know he was that hurt until he woke up yesterday yep. and his knee was sore. Um, yep. He's still got pressure on Minshew with that torn ACL. It's partially torn ACL, but he's done for the season. He'll be back next year and I just feel terrible. He was in line to have a huge, huge year. But on the bright side, you know, we've saw Von Miller do it in uh, late in the season, uh Super Bowl this season of Super Bowl forty eight, and ever since then he's been a great player. I be better than he even was before. So yeah. I think I think Chubb's the type of guy that's motivated and who come back from this stronger than ever, but it's, it's unfortunate. And now next man up is Malik Reed. And I like the way he plays, but yeah, the Broncos just lost their second best defensive player or arguably their second best defensive player. And it's, it's, you can't replace that.
0: No, no, you can. And, and I agree. I mean, I I think it's likely that he'll come back from this. Okay. But you don't even know that I no, mean, it's a no. huge loss. And, um, you know, Von Miller did, and like you said, he's motivated to come back. Chris and Harris came back, than ever. same season, time
1: yep. from it, but yep. he's never yep. known.
0: So we'll pray that, that his career is not influenced dramatically in a negative way by this, but you don't know. It's it's a big loss, and it's it's only going to hurt our chances of winning the rest of the year.
1: And, you know, I know we've been kind of a little hard on flack on this podcast, but at least we don't have Case Keenum as our quarterback anymore.
0: Oh, my gosh, man. He's just boring. getting
1: worse. He is awful in Washington, but
0: yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see uh, what Haskins can do. I know uh, I was high on him this year in the draft, and after some things came out about what he had said, I'm kind of glad we didn't take him. But it's also going to be another stinger if he turns into into a stud. But yeah, what can you do?
1: Yep, you ready to pick some games for uh, Week Five of the National Football League?
0: All Let's right. Uh,
1: Thursday night, we have a we have a good interdivision matchup. We got the L.A. Rams traveling up to uh, I think it's called CenturyLink Field to take on the 12th man, yeah. the Seattle Seahawks.
0: I'm going to go with uh, Seattle in this one. I, the Rams are not the dominant team that they were last year. They got some issues to fix. Getting beat the way they did against Tampa Bay at home is just kind of embarrassing. So I like the Seahawks with the 12th man up there in Seattle.
1: I like Seattle, too. They've been my sleeper to be the NFC candidate in the Super Bowl since my preseason picks. Clowney had a pick six Sunday. He started to play like Clowney. Um yeah, I, I like. I, it's always hard for me to pick against Seattle up there. They still got a great home field advantage, and and now yep. Russell's got a big wide receiver in DK Metcalf. He can just throw the ball up too and let him yep. go get it. He hadn't had that before, so I like the Seahawks as well. Uh, interesting game here. The Jaguars at the Panthers. Cam Newton is out for a third straight game, but man, Kyle Allen. He's forty-three of sixty for four hundred ninety-three yards, four touchdowns, zero picks during this run. The Panthers could have an interesting decision to make once Cam's uh, ready to come back.
0: Yeah, isn't that a crazy story? Um, I'm going to go Panthers in this one.
1: I'm going to go Panthers as well. Um, McCaffrey's off to a great season. Wouldn't shock me to see the Jaguars win. They're just and you know it's the same thing. What do they do going forward with Minshew and Foles eventually? But uh,
0: yeah,
1: I think the Panthers get it done. Awful, boring game here. Cardinals at the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yeah, that's not one uh, I would circle on my calendar to watch. Um, <laughs> but I think that Cincinnati gets their first win of the season after an embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, I'll go with the Bengals, but man, they did not play well last night. Um, no. <laughs> they're all, Andy Dalton just is what he is, and that line is horrendous. Yeah. If I'm A.J. Green, I fake my injury the rest of the year and didn't want to get traded or something. I don't even want to come back into that mess, but yeah, they're definitely in a rebuild. Um, here's a team that really needs a win real bad, the Atlanta Falcons, off the very disappointing 1-3 start. Dan Quinn could be coaching for his job here soon at the Texans, who are 2-2. Two and two. Another team, if they happen to miss the playoffs, I think Bill O'Brien's gone. Who do you have in that one?
0: both of these teams are really disappointing the the Falcons are garbage I mean they should be so much better than they are I mean talk about a team with talent doing nothing um this is it you said this is in Atlanta
1: no it's in Houston
0: in Houston I'm sorry well I'm going with the Texans and they need a big win AFC South is up for grabs I don't have faith at all to pick the Falcons so I'm going to go with Houston
1: I'm going uh agreeing with you I hate that we keep agreeing and uh you know it's hard to go against the home teams on the NFL and I think Deshaun Watson's uh ready for a rebound game after uh losing to the Panthers the other day. So yep. Interesting matchup uh Tampa Bay coming off putting up 55 points against the Rams. Uh traveling to face the New Orleans Saints who had a 12 to 10 Sunday night football win over the Cowboys. I don't know if I've ever seen a team, I think it was 12 to 10, maybe it was 15 to 10. I've never seen a team kick all field goals and win a game like that. <laughs>
0: that was pretty wild. Uh a good performance uh for them defensively uh, you know tampa bay is an interesting team they're they're not great appearing on paper they probably should be three and one um but new orleans is tough to bet against i'll go new orleans
1: yeah i'm uh you know i'm gonna go with the buccaneers i'm gonna change it up i'm gonna go with the upset I like it i don't think they can win all their games without drew Brees. man if they can might as well pencil them in the super bowl because that would be something <laughs> and teddy will go get a big contract somewhere but uh in in the future, but, uh, you know, I've always been a Bruce Arians fan, and uh, I thought they looked really good at L.A., so taking the the Buccaneers in that one. I like it. Minnesota Vikings at the New York Giants.
0: New York Giants playing really pretty darn good football uh, with Daniel Jones behind center. Uh, Minnesota playing terrible football. Uh, Probably the better team. Around, but I like the Giants in this one. They're they're playing surprisingly good football.
1: I do too. They got some confidence rolling, and that's without Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, it yeah. could be even more dangerous when they get him back. And I just I don't like the direction this Viking seems headed. And Zimmer could be in trouble. He, he he could be in trouble.
0: He really could. Yeah, and Cousins, man uh, is another guy. What a what a bust of a uh, what a bust of a uh, contract.
1: I remember when uh, all Broncos country wanted him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He cannot beat an opponent over five hundred. He just can't do it. No, he can't do it. It's weird. He can't do no. it. So, the London game, one of the first of either three or four this year, you got the Chicago Bears against the Oakland Raiders. The Cleo Mack game. Uh, you can't tell me Cleo Mack's not going to want to sack Derek Carr a few times, and you can't tell me that John Gruden is not going to be pumped up and try to uh, beat the Bears.
0: Yeah, Oakland with a really impressive road win in Indianapolis. They look good from start to finish. Um, this will make a puke. Colts. I think
1: if the playoffs started today, they'd be the sixth seed, I think, in the AFC. I think. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's insane. Mm. Um, the Bears, uh, they're, they're definitely playing better football, but I, I'm not sold on them. I They are, you know, the Chicago fans are, are still thinking that they're Super Bowl bound. With not with Chase defense, Daniels or not. No way, and he, and definitely not with Mitch Trubisky. So I'm actually going to go Raiders in this one in a weird London game.
1: I'll, I'll take the Bears. I think I think Mac. I mean Mac. Mac's the best um, defensive player in football. I'm sorry, oh, uh, yeah. he
0: is. I can't I can't
1: deny that anymore. Um, I, I think he has a huge game, and I think they find a way to beat the Raiders over in London. Um, this will be a blowout. Jets at Eagles.
0: Uh, definitely Eagles. I think Sam Darnold has a chance to come back, but uh, no, he can't pick against Philly in this.
1: Yeah, it's too bad Trevor Simeon got hurt just for his sake. Uh, he could have yeah. really had a few more uh, career starts, uh, but um, he got smoked there in that Cleveland Monday night game. Uh, Eagles easily. Um, they had a good win at Lambeau, and they continue rolling at home here. Interesting a division matchup against two teams who don't like each other here. The Ravens at the Steelers.
0: Well, Steelers coming off an impressive home win. Uh, Mason Rudolph has done enough to maybe say they can hang around there, but Baltimore needs a big win after a big loss at home against Cleveland. I'm going to go Baltimore on the road.
1: Yeah, I think Baltimore's a better overall team. I think Lamar has a bounce-back game. Um Cleveland really found a way to shut him down and put up four, a 40-burger on that good Baltimore defense. That was pretty impressive by the Browns. Um, but I, I'm rolling with the Ravens to come back. I, I think Steelers have a really, really bad year um, this year.
0: Yeah. I never mind when uh, teams like Pittsburgh are uh, in the same conversation that we are.
1: <laughs> no. No,
0: no, it doesn't Make bother. makes things a yep. little bit easier to swap yep. perhaps, but not not much.
1: A rematch from uh, years ago from the Music City Miracle, the Buffalo Bills at the Tennessee Titans.
0: Oh, uh, boy, the Bills' defense has played well. They they were pretty darn good at home against New England, only holding the Patriots to 16 Had points. Had a chance to Josh win, but
1: Josh beat. Allen got knocked out, and then Matt Barkley threw a pick. You saw that coming from a mile away.
0: You did. Um, Tennessee is so, so up and down. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to make of Mm -hmm. them, but, uh, is Josh Allen expected to play or do you think the concussion is going to keep him out?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Let me see if he's even on their injury report. He's questionable with a concussion. So
0: I'll go Tennessee.
1: Yeah. You know, the Titans have been awesome on the road this year, winning at Cleveland and Atlanta. Um. But I'm going, to, I'm going to take them at home here. I, I think Tennessee gets it done. I'm still not sold on Mariota, and I'm not so sure that his backup, Tannehill, is not better, even though they're pretty darn similar quarterbacks, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I, I really like uh, Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I think he's got to do good things in Tennessee. I agree. Me Tennessee. And this is going to be a – this is stupid. This is going to be a blowout. New England at Washington.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah, definitely give me the pats, unfortunately. Oh, they're going to win by at least three touchdowns.
1: I mean, no matter who Washington plays, Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins, they're going to give the ball away to the Patriots a couple times. Patriots' defense is – I mean, they're always solid. They're really good this year.
0: They're really good. They're a a Super Bowl uh, roster, so it's, you know, same old thing. Uh,
1: Two of the nation's uh, favorite teams here, Uh, not mine, not yours, of course, but uh, Packers at Cowboys.
0: Oh, Gross. Actually, it should be a very good football game. Uh, both teams are playing good, both good football. Both teams need it,
1: though, coming off of losses.
0: Yes, they do. And something tells me that this is a game that the Cowboys are predicted to win on paper and yet will somehow choke. So I'm going to go Green Bay on the road.
1: I'll take Dallas at home. Um, Dak's been playing pretty well, even though the Saints found a way to slow him down. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this, this could be a year the Cowboys do something. I, I hate saying that, but taking the Cowboys. Sunday night game, the Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: I don't see this being close. Um, <laughs> as much as Colts fans want to believe it could be, I don't think they're up to par with the Kansas City Chiefs, even though the Chiefs' defense is pretty terrible. Um, I think the Chiefs win this one. You know, They might even put up 40 points or something. So I'll go with Kansas City. Yeah,
1: especially if, um, if, uh, if Leonard and Hooker aren't healthy for the Colts. Uh, yeah. It's got to be a long night for that defense. and uh, Yeah, I, I, I hate them, but I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. got yeah, yep. Interesting Monday night game. Cleveland at San Francisco. Your only undefeated NFC team left.
0: Yeah, they've been really good. I, I still have a lot of questions about them. I have more questions about them than I have about the Browns. I think we kind of know who the Browns are. They're a growing team that got a really impressive win last week on the road. I think they got a lot of talent, um, but they still have – their own questions themselves, so I'm going to go San Francisco at home.
1: Give me the Browns. I don't know why.
0: All right. Um, That feels like a toss-up game. It does. That
1: should be a fun game. Um, Some young, fun teams with some changing cultures and Garoppolo against Baker. Yeah, that will be a fun game. I agree. Yeah. Nick Chubb, Raheem Mostert, uh, George Kittle, OBJ, Jarvis Landry? Okay, I'll shut up. Um, that'd be a fun one. So, And for our uh, prediction of the Broncos-Chargers game, you all are going to have to listen to the pregame podcast hosted by Jared and Matt, where all of the Orange Weekly staff gives their predictions on the game. So, Any closing thoughts there, Jeff, um, going into uh, Week 5?
0: Uh, you know, I hope the team stays cohesive. You know, th- this early in the season to be on 4 is um, – Uncharted territories, uh, you know, for the Broncos in 20 years. Um, and in '99, we finished the year six and 10, which means we went six and six to close out the season. I don't see this team having enough to close this season out six and six. Uh, that would be a moral victory in my eyes. So, um, hopefully we can rally around each other as, as, uh, as a team and then as fans to not, to not jump ship. Um, I don't want to see away fans overtaking our stadium, but, uh, unfortunately these are the, the times we're living in so hopefully hopefully we get back on track next week uh you know that's always the goal but i think we got to be realistic about where we're at and time to move forward and accept the rebuild
1: yeah i'm a little afraid we're going to see uh empower field uh kind of like we did when we went to that rams game last year when there was about ten thousand yep. i i'm scared it's gonna yep. turn into that pretty soon if things don't turn around fast yeah but um but the the players and coaches are saying all the right things, but you know talk's pretty cheap. Now you got to go on the field and uh, and uh, back that up. So you sure do. But. Uh, one one more closing thought here. This year, uh, Orange Weekly will be giving away those who contribute to our Patreon the chance to win monthly prizes as well as grand prize at the end of the season. With tiers from $1 to $25 per month, you will get entries for a chance to win one of our prizes in addition for every Broncos win during the month. Sorry. For everybody who did that in September, we didn't have any. Or month that you donate, you'll receive five free extra entries for the monthly prize and the grand prize. So hopefully the Broncos have a hot October. And if you donate, you will receive five extra entries. We really do appreciate your support because we wouldn't be here without each and every one of you. So please check out slash backslash orange weekly to be entered into the chance to win some fantastic Broncos prizes. And we really appreciate everybody who likes the Orange Weekly Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, our shows have been setting record numbers lately, so we really appreciate it. Whether that's Broncos After Dark on Facebook on Mondays, Bron- Beer, Broncos, and No BS on Tuesdays, uh, our post-game podcast, the pre-game podcast, um, the pre-game show on Sundays on Get Vocal and Facebook, uh, We just really appreciate everybody tuning in, reading the blogs on OrangeWeekly.com. Tons and tons of material still coming at you. I know it's a tough time um, right now, but we're all in this together as part of Broncos country, and that's what makes Broncos country great. So uh, with that, Jeff, um, I think I only got one more thing to say, and it's uh, go Broncos.
0: Go Broncos, Tanner. Orange, man.
1: man. I'm